two, three, go. Okay. Welcome to Sports Mad Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past two weeks, we had five posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. In the first post, we highlighted a paper where the authors found that arthroscopic stabilization decreases the chances of recurrent shoulder instability, but provides similar clinical scores compared to immobilization in external rotation and abduction among patients with a first-time anterior shoulder dislocation. We also highlighted four consensus statements related to using osteochondral allografts, defining sports specialization, lateral ankle sprains, and weight loss in weight category sports. If we take a closer look at that first post, we find that the authors sought to determine whether patients who are immobilized in external rotation and abduction achieve similar recurrence and clinical outcomes than patients who undergo arthroscopic stabilization. To do this, the authors performed a multi-center randomized controlled trial with patients who are 18 to 40 years of age who arrived for treatment within three days of their first anterior shoulder dislocation. 60 patients received non-operative immobilization in 60 degrees of external rotation and 30 degrees of abduction. They then wore their brace for three weeks. Another 52 patients received a standard arthroscopic stabilization procedure with concomitant labral repair and capsule shift and postoperatively wore a sling in internal rotation for three weeks. Both groups could begin their rehabilitation after six weeks. They were evaluated at several follow-up time points for pain, range of motion, instability, hyperlaxity, subjective clinical shoulder scores, and recurrent instability events. The patients averaged 26 years of age, and 92% of patients were male, with no differences in age, sex, instability, and physical demands of job or sport participation between the two groups. Patients in the immobilization group had recurrent instability events more frequently than patients in the arthroscopic stabilization group. Specifically, 19% of the people in the immobilization group experienced a recurrent instability event compared to only 2% of those who got surgery. Most of these instability events, though, occurred in patients who were younger athletes. While 11% of patients in the immobilization group required arthroscopic stabilization, no patients in the surgery group required a revision procedure. The authors also found that patients in the immobilization group had less external rotation and abduction range of motion than patients in the arthroscopic stabilization group six weeks after starting immobilization. However, the range of motion differences became smaller over time. All clinical scores were similar between groups at six weeks, six months, one year, and two years after starting the study. To summarize, the authors here found that arthroscopic stabilization is more effective than immobilization in external rotation and abduction for preventing recurrent instability events. 
However, both methods provide comparable clinical shoulder scores. Interestingly, the recurrence rate for the immobilization in external rotation and abduction group was lower than the recurrence rates of patients immobilized in external rotation alone and patients immobilized in internal rotation when comparing back to prior studies. Patients who participate in high-risk activities may benefit the most from arthroscopic stabilization as the demands of their sport put them at high risk for redislocation. However, patients that do not participate in high-risk activities may be treated adequately with immobilization in external rotation and abduction, as similar clinical outcome scores are expected and their risk of recurrent instability events are low. A key take-home from all of this is that clinicians should consider a patient's age and activity level when formulating a treatment plan. Young active patients may be better candidates for arthroscopic stabilization. However, if a patient is less involved with sports or does not want to undergo surgery, then immobilization in external rotation with abduction is acceptable. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was a systematic review where the authors concluded that core treatments for people with plantar heel pain should include taping, stretching, and individualized education. Subsequently, people who don't respond to those therapies could receive shockwave therapy or custom orthoses. If you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our six online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We will have links to our summaries, the courses, and the article on our website and in our show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We will be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then... Have a fun one.